Well, it uh, looks like uh, we got Illinois, and uh, we got another uh, West Texas there. So I think that's Jordan. So good e- evening to everybody there. And uh, good evening. We will we will just uh, get underway. It's been hot everywhere, I know. So we're getting some relief. So perhaps uh, I think that. Uh, that noise is coming off of Isaac. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it might be on outside, and the cicadas are in season. Uh, yeah, that I is. Uh, I, I, now. I, I, yeah, I hear them. Okay. Yeah, cicadas are live and well in Illinois. So, but uh, <laughs> I, heard, yeah. I heard you had another murder up there in Wisconsin. Yeah, some guy opened up, and uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember what was that one. I think that was two or three individuals there too. Um, uh, maybe you're talking about. Huh? I said, don't y'all have any gun laws up there? Yeah, we got the best gun laws money can buy. Um, Well, I was talking to a couple of old fellows uh, working on some tree damage that they had, and one guy asked me if I believed in, you know, gun, what, how did he say it, Jeremiah? You may not have been there. I don't remember exactly how he said it, and I said, yeah, uh, hold tight, and aim sure and uh, yeah he asked if you were uh, for gun control yeah <laughs> I suppose I said yeah hold tight and aim sure <laughs> something to that effect and so anyhow uh, we found that we were pretty much on the same page there but uh, uh, they're uh, they're all getting their knees uh, you know repaired and their shoulders repaired and stuff like that, and I said, I don't know why we don't just give you old farts a pill, the way Obama likes to do it, so that started the whole train of events, you know, oh, anyhow, but um, I don't know, you know, what you guys have had on your minds, but I'll tell you what's been on my mind is... um, you know, Russell, you've put it out here several times before and said, you know, what is the, what's the plan or what's the, Jeremiah, is that you taking on the keyboard? Yeah, I was typing something in. Yeah, well, you need to move that microphone away from there because that will definitely uh, not be a good situation. All right, you need it down. But anyhow, I was just thinking about so many things. Um uh you mentioned Russell before you know what is what is the 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 not so much the solution but what is what is the plan what is the uh um you know the blueprint i think is the word you've used before and um i always think about this this one king that is recorded in israel's history and we find it in 
Second Chronicles 34 and 5, and also in Second Kings 22 and 23 is the parallel to the uh, historical record of Second Chronicles 34 and 5. And I'm going to go ahead and, and flip there. I've got the recording going. And um, I thought I would share some things that have come to me as I've looked at these two scriptures here in the last week. And um, I didn't have my Bible open, so I, I will get there here momentarily. So Second Chronicles, if somebody wants to go to Second Kings 22 and 23, uh, it will be different, but, you know, we can maybe read together in a certain sense, and uh, the story is, is essentially the same. But, um, so I'll go to Second uh, Chronicles 34, 5. Somebody can go to Second Kings 22 and 3, and um, I'll just begin reading something that I think that we as as biblical Israel often forget. And it starts with this, verse 34-1, chapter 34-1, excuse me, Second Chronicles. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. Think about that. He was eight years old. So I said to myself, well, how does an eight-year-old do the things that are therefore here, thereafter here recorded? And let's listen to what's recorded. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, so now we are eight years old when he began to reign, and I'm still trying to get a sense of whether this means that he was 16 at this point, because it's a little bit of confusion to me. Did he become king as, as the infant? Or I have to look back in history and say, okay, he began to be king at, at, at obviously at, at Ammon's uh, death, which would have been the king that preceded him. Um, so anyhow, uh, if we were to go with 16 years of age, he began to seek after God, the God of David, his father, and in the 12th year, he began to purge Judah. All right, so... If I'm understanding this right, 12 years and 8 years is 20. So by the age of 20, he now has full adult authority to carry on the realm of the king or the duties and so forth of the king. And so he began uh, to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence, and the images that were on high above them. He cut down the groves, the carved images, the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them, and strewed upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. 
He burnt the bones of the priests upon the alt- their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, even unto Naphtali with their mattocks around about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images to powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land, <clears throat> so now 18 and 8 is now 26. So that took him basically six years, if you will. Or there's a six-year chronological time span here uh, from when all this began to happen and when he began to do these things. And so it may not be that it took him six years to do it, but it quite possibly did. I mean, he went through a lot of territory. And... um, uh, so that's not so much of a big issue, but I'm going to stop here for a second because I'll tell you why I got to think in this way and what got me on this was I received an email from a brother, and it was an email uh, pertaining to this uh, Weinstein guy that's been recharged in New York uh, for the various acts and, and allegations that are similar to those which he was charged in Florida and and given a pass or whatever the deal was. And the person who compiled the video that he sent me was a person who had something to do with some investigations on 9-11. And so he, quote, unquote, ostensibly came with some credibility for this investigation that he was doing or whatever on this Harvey Weinstein. Now, what so often happens in these kinds of videos is there's really nothing in them. However, what is in them is all the imagery and the images of occultism and everything else, right? And I have for the final time, I believe, and I mean no disrespect to the brother because I know he always sends me this in, in, in goodwill, but I, I wanted to kind of express this because I, I know that he, he, he picks the audios up later because he can't be here on, on this evening. And so it's all the imagery and everything about the occultism and his little, his little you know, uh, island there that he's on in the, in the Caribbean and, and everything else and you know, child sacrifices and so forth and, and all of the rest of this. And I found myself wanting to shake the tree of the Israelite community and say, do you people not understand? Do you not get it? These things are recorded for us. These people are this way. These people do these things. These people love their occult-isms, which has no power whatsoever. However, the power that they are able to share and imbue to those hapless victims of theirs is that there is power in it. And, of course, that power is always derived from money, which they are always able to provide. So let me give you the example. 
So the musician that comes into the fold or tries to come into the fold and he's a willing participant, you see, is they bring him in because they're going to make him or her into the next teen idol. And they're going to show them the magnificent riches that they're going to acquire. And, of course, the occultism and the mysticism and the everything else, this is all this here. This is all this stuff here. They break down the, Baal, the altars of the Balaam, the carved images, the molten images, and, and he made dust of those images and everything. And I, and, I, and I think about this young king who at 20 years of age could see the wickedness that was being practiced in these things and to these images and idols and so forth. Are you guys with me so far? Yeah. And so that's all I can do is I want to scream out to our people and say, there's nothing new under the sun. We should not be at all enamored by it, drawn in by it, uh, incredulated by it, I, whatever the metaphor, the adjective, or the phraseology that I could bring up. And it just came into my spirit and said, there is nothing new under the heavens. These people do what they do because they love wickedness. They love child sacrifices. They love ritual bestiality and all of the various other things that we're all imagining in our minds when we begin to get the information opened up to us. All the things that you know had been laid out years ago about uh, the various uh, you know uh, escapades that Clinton was probably involved in. I mean, we've been hearing the stories about you know these these child trafficking uh, activities and so forth. And why wouldn't these high priests of Washington D.C. and these high priests of the North American continent. Why wouldn't we expect these high priests of Israel or these high priests of Baal in Israel to be carrying on the way that their fathers have carried on? It took a Josiah, an eight-year-old, who was the grandson trying to think of that now. He was the grandson of uh, uh, Manasseh. He was the grandson of Manasseh, but he had the benefit of a high priest who was there, and that was Hilkiah. And he had a son who was Jeremiah. And so you look at this situation of Josiah and you you ask, okay, how did Josiah not go the way of his father? How did he not go the way of his grandfather? Because Manasseh also went contrary to the Lord. In fact, 
a lot of this that he's tearing down, Josiah is, are directly attributable to Manasseh. And so it just drew me back to this story of this young man coming to adolescence. And the first thing that he engages in, as soon as he is able, is he purges Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the card images and the molten images. And so, Russell, when I think about you, I can't, and the question that you, you know, put out there, I can't help but think this is one of the things that you do. Let me continue the story. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, da 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 okay, we did that. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land, the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of <clears throat> Azaliah, and Maasai, uh, no, Maasai, the governor of the Maasai, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. And when they came to Hilkiah, the high priest. They delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which Levites that kept the doors had gathered of the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim and all the remnant of Israel and of all of Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. They put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord. You see, and I'm sitting here thinking of America, and what do we do? You see, we don't take the money that is meant for the Lord's work And what is the money meant for the Lord's work? The money that the Israelites produced in excess. And we don't take that money and put that money into the ways of God and into the things of God and in the repairing the breaches of the cities and repairing the the temple to our God to show him uh, you know, our respect and veneration. No, we don't do that at all. They put it in the hand of the workmen that it had the oversight of the house of the Lord. They gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. Even to the artificers and builders gave they it to buy hewnstone, timber for couplings, the floor of the houses, which the kings of Judah had destroyed. Who destroyed it? The kings of Judah. Who's destroying America? The leadership in America. It isn't Russell in his print shop in West Texas. It isn't me. It isn't, you know, Isaac, you know, working in a uh, a programming position. These aren't the things that are tearing down the houses of God. And the men did the work faithfully. And the overseers of them were Jehath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari and Zechariah and Mishulam of the sons of Kohathites to set it forward and other of the Levites all that could skill of instruments of music. Also, they were over the bearers of burdens and were overseers of that, were out to work in any manner of service 
and of the Levites there were scribes, officers, and porters. Now, this is the most important part. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. So here's Hilkiah. He says, you know, I've got Josiah, a king, who is seeking after the Lord. You see, what can you do as a priest when you have not the leadership that seeks after the Lord? You're very limited in what you can do. And so Hilkiah sees the opportunity of this. Not only do they get into the temple, it gives him the opportunity to get in and get the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. He rent his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, and Hikim, the son of Shaphan, and Adon, the son of Micah, and Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, oh, the servant over the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. So I find myself stopping and I ask the question, what do the Christians of the, of, of the world, what do the Christians of America think if we were to find the book of the law and we were to deliver it up to the king and say, here is the book of the law and we start reading it in the king's ears and the king hears how we have failed and he, he, he then begins to, to want to cry out to the Lord. How do I talk to this heavenly father? How do I, how do I reach him? I, I must go to the priest. I, I must, there must be some way that I, I communicate this. <clears throat> they answered him thus and says, The Lord God of Israel, tell the man that sent you to me. Excuse me. Uh, I got to back up. And Hilkiah, let's see, go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that's found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after the written in this book. Hilkiah and they that the king had appointed <clears throat> went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvath, the son of Hazarah, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. So in other words, Hilkiah comes to the wife of Shalom, the son of, uh, and, and, and her name is Huldah. And he inquires of, of Huldah. She answered them. We're at Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse 23. She answered them. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, tell you the man that sent you to me. 
Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. I want to stop there again because think about it. In spite of the fact that Josiah had already done what he done, the prophetess, Huldah, says, take this back to the man that sent you and tell him there's going to be a great destruction. Now, you got to kind of ask yourself, what kind of a king at that point would, would then say, well, what's it all worth? Why should I serve this God? He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. in his heart, in his heart, he might potentially say, there's no use. There's no point. But there was more to the story. Because they have forsaken me, have burned incense to other gods, uh, dropping down to 26. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall you say to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, because your heart was tender and you did humble yourself before God when you heard the words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and you humbled yourself before me and you rent your clothes and you wept before me, I have even heard you also. Behold, I will gather you to your father, and thou shalt be gathered to the grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. That was the salvation, the saving grace, if you will, that told Josiah, stay the course. Stay the course. And because you did these things, and I bring word back to you to stay the course. There will be destruction in this place, but I will not let your eyes see it. The king sent and gathered together the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, and the king went up in the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, the Levites, and all the people great and small, and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep his commandments, his testimonies, his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul, to pour on the words of the covenant which were written in the book. That right there, verse 31, is the civil administrator carrying out and acknowledging the ecclesiastical appraisal of the situation. And I dare say in America, we don't know anybody, virtually anybody, who is preaching a gospel that says there's destruction coming on America. There's destruction coming on Israel in America because of what she has done. And there's not a man 
in the civil administration who is reading and bringing a covenant, restoring the covenant to keep the commands and the testimonies of his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem. He caused all that's present in the, present in the United States and in, in Benjamin, in Britain, and in everywhere where Israel reigns to cause them to stand to it, to stand to the covenant, to stand to keeping the commandments, his testimonies, his statutes. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord. Thirty-one years, or about 25 years or so, one generation, one 20-year generational cycle. Because Josiah entered at eight, it wasn't until he was uh, 16 that he began to call upon the Lord in due diligence, and it was 20 years of age when he went out and did according to what was on his heart to tear down this disgusting, demonic stuff that's permeating his land. But it's not his land. He recognizes it's the land of God that he has a servant's duty over. And so as I got that video and I start to look at it, I found myself saying, no. No, I'm not going to look at the imagery that is being presented to me, not because my brother wanted that to be, you know, the visual of it. He's simply sharing, and I understand this. He's simply trying to share because it's on his heart also. He's trying to share with me the wickedness and the lewdness of a guy like Weinstein and all that he represented and all that associated with him. So I understand that, and I hold no malice toward that. But I'm just saying, in Israel anymore, this should so sicken us that we demand a Hilkiah, that we demand leadership do something. And in this video, of course, is Donald Trump with Weinstein in younger days. And nobody knows where this guy Weinstein gets his money from or anything else. And so it's once again, like I say, there's no power in that stuff. There's no power in it. There's only power in the true creator. He is the one who has all power and all authority. It's evident all around us in the creation. 
So I do not look at the power that they derive from their occultism and their Masonic imagery and all the rest of it because I know there's no power in it. The only way they derive power is because of the fiat currency that they use in which to draw people in because of the lure of the money and the fame and the wealth and the power to do as you please because you are a God. So when I look at this stuff and I, I, I go back to scriptures like this and I read about Josiah, you know, we should not be surprised at any of this stuff that they do, at any of this stuff that they raise up, at any island that they've got, at any and all of the imagery that they use upon it. It is done for the purpose for them to drive power and to draw people into the power that they want them to perceive that they own, possess, and have. But there is no power but of God, because that's what my God says. Oh, yeah, Isaac corrected me. Weinstein, it's Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, I, I cannot find what Ep means other than epic. And, of course, all these themes are stones. Yeah. So I guess he's just an epic stone. Uh, but I, I hope and pray his stone has fallen. Well, you know, and it caused me to go to the book of Matthew. And as we, as we go into Matthew, good evening, Rich, um, kind of railing on here. Um, as we get into uh, Matthew, where he comes after these guys, you know, and how he talks about them. He says, you know, uh, you're of your father, the devil. Okay, we know what the word means. It's diabolos. It's, it's adversary. You're of your father and adversary. Just like I sent you the email, Russell, about this, this woman, uh, what's her, the raghead, um, and she's one of the four or whatever, and she's married to a Jew. You know, Kamala? these are, yeah, Kamala, these are, these are Canaanite dogs. You know, she's as much as a gold digger and a money grubber and, and looking for the accolades and all the rest of that under the what? under the premise of working for constituents. Have we not realized that these people don't do anything? They just, they, they, they're, if it weren't for us believing that they are operating in our interests, if it weren't for the people, the gullible sheep, somehow believing that they are there for our own interest and for our own good, I mean, for crying out loud, this gig would have been up a long time ago. And so when I think about, you know, those words from Christ, he was a, thought, he was a liar from the beginning. What, did he, what was uh, Cain? He lied. He was a murderer from the beginning. That's why these Canaanite dogs lie together. That's why Esau went and lied with the Hittites, the Hittite dogs, because they're dogs. They lie together. And their goal and their objective is they are accusers of the brethren. They accuse the brethren night and day. Who are the brethren? The brethren is Jacob Israel. 
would to God know, I, that this would to God that this gospel story and this gospel message and this gospel truth was actually in the land because these bales would be torn down and and the one thing I, I hear you Russell just give me a minute one thing that I read about Josiah here is what did he do he went out and tore all these things down before he'd even inquired after he'd read the book of the law and so my point is you talk about a revival or something I mean they can come in different ways but in, in this case here Josiah purged the land and think about it how can God do anything for us in the land if we have not purged the land of the bloodshed that cries out upon it can somebody give me a biblical example of where God is not going to require and so the other part of the story here is is that God's going to require a destruction because he has to. And so the vast majority... Go ahead, Russell. I was just going to say he has to. He's bound or he's an imposter and a liar and he's not. So That's the way I see it. I, I see that there is no other way. And so when I think about it, I think, you know, would to God the blood that has been shed on this land that it has not been cleansed blood for blood um, that's just one part of it um, God can wash away a multitude of sins but where does he expect for it to begin if it not be in his house Amen. That's where it's supposed to start. It's certainly not going to start in Washington, D.C. So, so it has to be doable. And if it's not been done, what have they hidden from us? How have they convoluted this stuff? to make it seemingly impossible. They've twisted they twisted the They They hid the book of the law. Well, but it's not been hidden from us in a physical way, but it, it could right. have very well been hidden from us in an intellectual way. Absolutely. Hidden in plain sight. It's there right in yeah. front of every one of us, but we hide it by telling you what? It's no longer applicable. <laughs> yeah. It's been done away. It's been nailed to the cross. Well, Shazam. Well, Our God's now, a new God. You hold that thought. Do you suppose there was some opposition that came against Josiah? There had to be, didn't there? It doesn't talk about it, but just as sure as human beings are on the earth, he drugged that out. There was there was bound to be naysayers, 
and uh, they had to be dealt with. They're in every town in this country, these naysayers. The first guy that starts talking about godliness and righteousness, they start the, the accusations, don't they? The name calling. Absolutely. And I got, and, this, and, I got for people, nobody does it better than Mr. Trump. Now, <laughs> maybe he's right sometimes about his accusations, but we best sleep with one eye open. This guy's in charge. Because nowhere have I seen anywhere in this man a return to to God's law. has wrapped wrapped itself around the Jewish state of Israel uh, very tightly. As a matter of fact, Rahm Emanuel came out today with a speech, and the commentator said, this sounds like Donald Trump talking. Now, if that doesn't concern people, I don't know what does. Maybe they're both of the same gene pool. Well, like I said, when when the video when the video shows an image, you know, it, and this is the problem that I have with these videos and stuff all the time is that, you know, they're they're videos. So, um, for example, as using your email as an example, you send me an email that actually has footnotes and documentation that you can actually achieve and acquire to deepen your conviction that what you're reading is accurate. But in these videos, in these videos, very rarely do they ever give you a short line to express the validity of the video clip that's being shown. And so when you see Donald Trump with a younger, uh, what did you call him, Isaac, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, um, you know, um, okay, so what? I mean, yeah, rich people, uh, you know, hobnob at different different clubs than, than I hobnob. So, um, you know, you can expect to have a photo. And so it's disingenuous of me to throw these videos together and – and quite frankly, I always wonder, and I'm quite skeptical of them, because really, what is the objective? Is the objective truly to inform the individual and give the information, you know, uh, uh, and, and give an individual looking at the information a bona fide opportunity to, you know, uh, to broaden the understanding and to deepen uh, their ability to you know, articulate the truth or the veracity of what it is that they've seen and so forth, and, of course, to share it. So it always leaves me, as you guys all know from me, I'm quite a details man, you know, in many respects. And so, uh, 
that to me, it bothers me because I can't get any details out of it. You know, I just get images after images after images, and, and a lot of times it's a repeat of the images. Halfway through, you start a repeat, and maybe they're run in a different loop or in a quarter loop, or and it's re-imaging. The, and that right there just totally bothers me because it's almost as if whoever's making the videos and passing them out is they want these people to be engrossed in the images within the videos. You following me? So uh, I guess I missed it. Which videos are you talking about? Oh, I had a video that was sent to me by one of the brothers, oh, um, okay. and it, it, it was it was about Epstein, and it, it goes out over the island and shows the island, okay. his little his little his little uh, altar there with his dome on it, and you know all the rest of it, and. Don't get me wrong, there's information that's useful in that, but again, I find myself saying, you know, wanting to cry out to everybody and say, hey, why are we surprised? Here it is recorded in all these different books, and it just made me think of Josiah. And so I thought, well, that's where I'll go tonight. That's what the Lord's put on my mind, so I'll, I'll go there. So anyhow, it's, it's all of these images, and it's the occult symbols and the Masonic symbols and all the rest of it. And it's, it, it almost leaves people, man, look at the power these people have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't ever want to walk away from one of those thinking, things thinking, man, how are we ever going to defeat this? Because I know that an eight-year-old did it. He was 15 when he called on the Lord, and he was 20 when he went out and tore the stuff down. Very good point. So if nothing else, I made the point. Yeah, and David was a sheep herder, and what was Saul? A bear hunter? What did Saul do for a living? He wasn't Harvard educated, was he? What a myth, this whole myth of Harvard and these hotty-totty colleges, as if that qualifies them for anything but stupidity. I wouldn't have a Harvard uh, alumni take toilet paper and clean me. I, I wouldn't let them. Because they're phonies or they wouldn't be in Harvard. It's a collection of phonies where their parents bribed and did tricks to get these morons in there. And they act so smart, don't they? Yep. This this Sanders guy, all these people, they think they are so intelligent. And this CNN crew, oh man, the, the guy with the a girl that the two Joe cup of coffee Joe I don't know what their name is but she's the daughter of a major treasonous high up in Jimmy Carter's cabinet or she wouldn't have the job she's got just like the Bush girl wouldn't have the job she has on NBC it's all rigged and yeah I could see where an eight year old could bring it down if he had a he had the proper proper programming. 
you know, he had a he had a key figure by him, and that was the high priest Hilkiah. He had his son Jeremiah. He had Shaphan, who was a royal scribe, <clears throat> and uh, his son uh, Ahikam, and then of course Shalom and his wife Huldah. You know, um, so in other words, all these people, all these people existed right there in Israel. All that had to happen. Or as Pastor would used to say, all you got to do is <laughs> is you just you just got to go out and do it. All you got yeah. to do is do it. <laughs> and so Hilkiah does his duty, Shaphan does his duty, and Huldah simply expresses the will of God. There will be destruction, but because you rent your heart and you searched out God, he's not going to let you see it. That is, and he uh, didn't. That is, that's very interesting scripture. Well, and then the final thing that they did was that they kept the Passover. And that's no small matter, of course, either. And it was quite a deal. But, you know, you're sitting there looking at chapter 35, where the Passover preparations and so forth are recorded, and Josiah's charge to the king, uh, to the priests and stuff, to, to do this and to carry it out. And, you know, here, here you've got, Zechariah, Jehael, rulers of the house of God, um, Kohananiah, uh, Shemaiah, Nathaniel, uh, Hashabiah, Jael, Jezebad. You know, my point is, you see, all these people exist here in Israel as well. You see, Israel is here. Israel is just waiting for, or you'd like to believe that at least here in America, Israel, the high priest and so forth, but I dare say the high priest that we've got in the Judeo high priest pulpits um, are not prepared to do any of this because they've bought the lie, believe the lie, are made by the lie, are from the lie, that God's law is no longer applicable. And so essentially they're saying, our God's not God. Our God is not a God who keeps his word. He's not going to bring any destruction upon us. He's full of grace and mercy. He's changed. And that's what they've taught. So why shouldn't God bring that destruction on Israel and Israel lands all over the world? Because it's justified to show them he is indeed God, and he does not change. And his judgment is due, and his judgment is true. And then, of course, comes the truth that he preserves a remnant. And that will and be made a, manifest 
as well. Go ahead. There's a good record of that. Uh, read about Pompeii, haven't you? A little bit, yeah. But go ahead. Okay. Well, there's a there's a there's an instance where a whole wicked town was abolished, much like Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm sure there's probably other accounts. I'm just familiar with that one in Italy, uh, where whole societies are wiped out. I mean, whole yep. towns just disappeared. If you think it can't happen here, you're kooky. Because look what the wind and the hurricanes and all this, look what they can do very fast. I mean, Rich can probably tell something about that tornado that came near him. They reported it is not supposed to happen where it came down. Fair occurrence. Yeah. Yeah, we had three of them. Was anybody killed? Nope. Just ripped the roof off a motel. Cindy and I were in a a storm about a month ago, and we were looking out the window, and we saw a tree just obliterated. And the weatherman explained that it was just a, a wind shear burst. This was a probably a 75-year-old oak tree just split to. And uh, it, when you see that kind of stuff, you realize uh, that's not even hit the iceberg. Yeah. He doesn't even need to use that. He can do it. Oh, well, he's got a, a whole arsenal of ways to get our attention. And so even you know, the eight-year-old and, figured it out, didn't he? Figured it out. We've tried our way, and it's not working. This way is not think, working. Think about what you just said with that, Russell. Here's this king now. It says... For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. So in other words, he starts to reminisce. At 16, he starts to reminisce about things that he knows or remembers about the fathers before. And and in his reminiscing, he's like, you know, I'd like to call upon this God this God of Jacob Israel, this God of our forefathers. And so he begins to seek after. Now, I've got a footnote on that word, seek after the God of David, his father. And I just want to point to what that is directing us to. It's directing us to chapter 15 and verse 2, which, of course, is going to be probably... Um, about David um, or something along that line. Um, yeah, uh, who was Asa, you guys? Uh, I can tell you where seek comes from. 
where what comes from? Seek the word. Oh, seek. Inquire. Yeah. That comes from seeking, which means inquire, search for, pursue, long for, wish for, desire, look for, expect from. Uh, word is seeking. Uh, to track down. To seek out. To proceed quickly or keenly. Uh, seeking. So there's the origin of the word. It was his desire that we get back on track, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, he right. He began to seek, seek something uh, that was known in history. Um, he he began to to seek seek out uh and and it's interesting at at 16 you have to imagine that he was already seeing or experiencing something that he began to recognize was wrong because it says then, um, and in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places. So between the ages of 16 and 20, he's looking out there, and coupled with his, his training that he's getting from 16 to 20 as he's calling on the Lord, he's now um, seeing. And... He's just waiting for the day of his age of accountability to begin to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places, the groves, the carved images, the molten images. And again, what were all these things? Asherah. You know, and what was it? Was it a goddess? Was it a cult symbol? It's both. And they still use the same stuff and they still use the same stuff today. As that video goes on, you know, it shows the same imagery of Ashtaroth and Asherah and all of the various, you know, Baal gods and the fertility gods and, you know, all these were gods as representations of what God, the actual creator, did in fact do. And these guys don't like the creator. They're as the serpent in the garden, the adversary that says to Eve, well, you won't surely die. But God knows in the day that you partake of this, you'll understand what it means. You become like like him because you'll now know that you violated God. And you're going to so desire to be like God and to be a God yourself, you might as well just go ahead and partake. And that's what these guys do with these things, is they they like the feeling of being a God. You don't think Epstein believed he was a God to Absolutely. all of these uh, to all of these people? 
who came to his houses of fornication? And, I mean, come and on. Let's not forget, he's not been punished yet. Neither has Weinstein. They're just in little holding tanks. That's what we're told. They still have their their buddy. No. These are evil people, and they should be executed. Like Absolutely. They and, and, and you know what should be happening is the, the Hilkiahs and the Shafans and yeah. the Shalom's and so forth are supposed to be down there in New York, and they are supposed to be saying, this is what the law says to do, and we will do it. I don't even care if there's – you can develop a, a, a case against one individual. The fact that this man does what he does is evidence enough He's to be purged from the land. Amen? Amen. And then when they finish with him, start with the Clintons and the other stones. And what do you think will happen in the land when that starts happening? Uh, It'll be be a, a revival like you can't imagine. There'd be a giant sucking sound of the the rats that would be exiting this nation. What say you, Brother Rich? (laughs) Heard of Roman Polanski? You're breaking up a little bit, guys. There'd be a plane load of Roman Polanskis heading to France in a hurry. That's what would happen. Yeah, and the question is, will the Hilkiahs in France, due to those uh, flying in, what the Hilkiahs in America did to those who made it out, who escaped? (laughs) Oh, man. That's the only I have. What's that, Rich? I think Hillary and Bill are hiding out in Ireland. Oh, I don't no know expedition. about that. I just, I just heard recently that uh, that they've started a new uh, a new foundation. Uh, it's a production company that they've started, and they've joined in with Barack Obama uh, in a in a production company. Or or the two are doing their own different production companies. And so now think about this. What is a production company? It produces. It produces. Very good, Brother Russell. What Uh does it produce? Well, it produces whatever's going to benefit the producer. Oh, Brother Russell, he's got two gold stars. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, but yeah, precisely. And so, what, Brother Russell, can you do with a production company that you almost cannot do with any other way? Uh, yeah, any other way. Or shall we say what you really can't do very discreetly with a foundation, for example, like the Clinton there, Foundation. 
They're, they're misnamed. They should be called motion slander pictures because that's the that's the point of a movie is to slander. Uh, How about a money watch- laundering? How about a money laundering operation? That's too, like writing a book. Exactly. They, uh, I watched some of this old Patton movie, and they made him act like a scared baby when bombs were going off. And just ripped that man's character to shreds. And you know what his crime was? He wanted to finish the war. He hated war. So for this, he had to be dealt with. You know, it's hard for people to understand that there are people that love war. They love war. Because what? They turn into Epstein, don't they? They got so much money, they're, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and, and a guy Jewish like... Yeah. yeah. And a guy like it and a guy like Epstein, he's making them twofold more sons of hell than himself. Mm-hmm. That's what these these things do. That's what we need to recognize. We don't need to fear it. We don't need to and I'm not implying that the brother that sent it to me feared it or anything else. Don't don't misunderstand anything there. I'm just saying on the whole, when you think about the way even those of us who understand our biblical identity as Israelites of the Bible, even those who have got that and understood that from the scriptures, uh, there is a number of those in that remnant that still hold in some respects, that there's some power in that, that there's some, do you know what I'm saying? You following what I'm trying to express? Mm -hmm. It's it's as if, it's as if. um, They hold that there's a power greater than our God. That's what they hold. Exactly. Yeah, without recognizing it, that's what I believe actually happens. Because it's so, so really our anger should be going out and it should be crying out to these, you know, quote unquote religious leaders, these ecclesiastical leaders, and there should be demands for the return of the book of the law and so forth. But, um, you know, we got to do our part. That's what I'm saying, is that we do our part by continuing to sharpen each other, to dig into this word, to understand it better, to make the application to today, and to keep that, you know, uh, evident of the gospel truth, because the good news of the gospel was that the king of kings, the creator, actually came to earth as his only begotten son, raised himself from the dead, and redeemed his people that he had cast off and put away. That was and is the good news gospel message. 
And that king still reigns on the throne. And we are supposed to be about the Father's business. Nothing, Nothing has ever changed. As he said to them, he says, you seek to kill me. And they say, you're mad. You got a devil. And he's like, no, you're sons of the devil. You're a liar from the beginning. You're the father of lies. You're a murderer. That's what these guys do. So they're all kind of sounds a little bit like Trump, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, and 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 I I give it to Trump that he's been calling these people out. But you know what, Rich? There's a part of me that believes that that wants to believe, I should say, that. Donald Trump, if he were truly shown the word, could Donald Trump be an individual who could say and bring himself to purging the, the blood in the land? And I believe in many respects he has it within him to do that because I don't really believe that he's a man who likes uh, the bloodshed that is happening in the land, whether it's in a, in a city of Chicago or a city of Baltimore or anywhere, anywhere else. I don't think that he, without understanding his own Israelite uh, um, identity, his, you know, his heart condition, I think that he's a man that does not like this destruction and this poverty and this ruin in the land. I hope you're right. But but he's got to be guided by a Hilkiah who puts it to him correctly. And he's got a lot of Epsteins around him, including his son-in-law. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and once again, is he the kind of man that can purge his own household as they did in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra and purge their own household of their corrupt marriages? You see, that's where the rubber really meets the road. You know, guys, so, you know there was a shooting in Florida at a school. Was that about a year ago or a year and a half? Yeah, probably, yep. We have not heard one word about the guy that did the shooting. He, why is he alive? Everybody saw him do it. Why would you keep him alive and blow up this this guy that did the supposedly allegedly did the thing in Oklahoma City, they fried him fairly quickly, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you let a mass murder live year after year? <laughs> he has no defense. I did it. I was angry. So if he's angry, put him out of his anger. Let this. You know, they ought to let Epstein's women's parents 
shoot him in a firing squad. The girl's parents should get to do it. They could aim that bullet anywhere they wanted to on him. And bullet Let me read you. Let me, uh, before we close up here, let me read you quick from uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica regarding Josiah. Grandson of Manasseh, king of Judah, ascended the throne at age eight after the assassination of his father Ammon in 641 for a century. Ever since Ahaz, Judah, had been a vassal of the Assyrian Empire. Imperial policy. You see, that little piece of historical knowledge right there when you understand in verse 30, or chapter 35 in um, Chronicles, and you understand that Josiah's heart for the people of Israel and his heart for God, he could not understand or could not let his heart open up to the idea that God not only was Assyria already was uh, was uh, uh, his kingdom, the Judah kingdom, already a vassal state of of the Assyrian Empire. Not only that, can you imagine that he wants he wants I don't know how to say it. It's almost like the Israelites looking back. Um, you see. In his vassal, you know, in his vassal, you know, state under the Assyrian Empire, he still was willing to go out against Egypt, who was coming to destroy Assyria. Think about that. Anyhow, continuing. After the death of King Ashurbanipal, the Assyrian Empire fell into chaos. It could no longer assert its authority in Jerusalem. Egypt also was weak, and Judah thus obtained an unusual degree of independence from foreign powers. But about 621, Josiah launched a program of national renewal centered on the temple. Of course, I'll just kind of go over that. Uh, In Assyria, Babylonia, which had long been a restive province, led a coalition that sacked Nineveh. The empire was in desperate straits. The Babylonians seemed about to displace it, hoping to keep Mesopotamia divided. Nico II, the Egyptian pharaoh, set out to aid the hard-pressed Assyrians. He landed a force on the territory of the northern kingdom of Israel. King Josiah had hopes of a reunification of Judah and Israel, making the latter territory part of, this, of his own realm under the aegis of Babylonia. Consequently, he challenged the pharaoh to battle, but it's reported that Nico slew him at Megiddo when he saw him, 2 Kings 23:21. Soon thereafter, Assyria was completely eliminated. The Egyptians retreated, and Josiah's son, Joachim, whom Nico had placed on the throne of Judah, was a vassal, had to submit to Babylonia, the new Mesopotamian empire. So once again, they were just drawn right back in to more of the same thing, which was what? In their vassal state, they were sucked in and to drawn into all of the paganism, heathenism of these godless um, empires, nations, pharaohs, and so forth. And we today became a vassal 
state of this empire that took over our country in 1913 and has been controlling everything ever since. And it only took them, it only took them one generational cycle, maybe two, to to totally conquer and take control of the nation. But they worked on it from 1776 until the Civil War. And once it was was broken through the Civil War, there was really uh-huh. virtually no looking back. It just it was just a matter of time before they could execute the plan of total control over it, and that's what happened. So anyhow, well, that's my story on this particular part of it. I hope it was uh, worthwhile and and uh, we had some enjoyment out of it. So I know it's approaching nine o'clock here. Anybody like to lead us in uh, some closing prayer? And uh, anybody got some parting thoughts quickly? Isaac, you you muted. Uh, 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 and um, 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 uh, Jordan, you know anybody have any thoughts they want to add or anything? Why well, go for it? All right, I'm not hearing anything, and the mutes are still on, so. Anyhow, let's go ahead and close with some prayer, and I'll go ahead and start. Heavenly Father, oh, how I thank you and praise your glorious name for the righteousness that you try to show us day by day in your word and the righteousness of your name, the righteousness of your will. Father, teach us, command and strengthen us in your ways and your will that we will be those that you want to work with. And Lord, we know that we can always use more and more understanding. But Lord, let us not stand in the desire to seek understanding and therefore miss the mark of the action that you've set before us. So keep us apprised, Father, of the action that you desire of us. Speak to us. Come into our hearts and into our minds in a way that we're able to see and understand. And and we long for the days of Gideon. We long for the days that we we cry out to you and, and you turn to us and say, well, there's your strength. Go in it. And so, Father, we are, we're reading the strength. We're learning it. We understand it. We want to stand firmly in it and be that remnant for you, for your glory, for your name's sake, not for us, Father. Not for me, certainly. Not for even my children and their children's children, Father, but for your names, that your name would be glorified and that by through your name being glorified, they will be mightily blessed. I ask it in the blessed holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thanking you for it, knowing that you have promised us that we're two or more gathered in your name, And when we pray, when we pray for the right thing, we pray believing. And Father, it's your name that should be glorified, your name that be manifest, not anything that we could possibly have done or even thought. But Father, your, your will being done and we being the instruments to carry it out, if it be your will. We ask it, we stand firm upon it, and we pray 
Let us be those usable vessels of your remnant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray the blood is going to be calling out from the ground. Protect our families in your wrath. Be careful of them, Father, they're innocent. But mete out the punishment that is due to these bloodthirsty bastards. You know what they deserve, Father. They've broken your laws, your statutes, your judgments. They deserve death. Lord God, we're asking you to give it to them. And make it painful for those that have deserve a special place in hell, the destruction that they've caused. We thank you, Father, and we love you. We're grateful for all the wonderful things you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, all right, brothers. I enjoy having you all uh, one one time frame out of my week and uh, look forward to next week. Well, thank you. Because yeah, we, night, need feed, we need to feed on something, Holcomb. Good night, everybody. All right, good night. Good night. God bless everybody. Good night. <laughs>